0: Never a good thing when you come with multiple books. I'd like to return to uh, one of those uh, uh, famous quotes that I've used before here, namely uh, by Oscar Wilder Um, Every saint has a past and every sinner has a future. Every saint has a past. Every sinner has a future. And particularly to look at it within the context of Moses, because Moses is perhaps most of us think of first of all as is, is, is a great person within Sacred Scripture. I mean, his name we we heard it uh, last week. We heard it in, in both of the the first and a second reading tonight. Um, his name appears seven hundred and sixty-seven times within the Bible itself. Right. Um, a big figure, <laughs> big figure last week, right within the, the transfiguration passages, um, he is one of the, the two individuals that is conversing and, and flanking Jesus there as as this cloud comes down upon uh, upon them and and the voice of the father's heard. Right. Uh, this is my chosen son. Listen to him as, as we heard. Right, and in today's first reading, we hear from the book of Exodus that he encounters the Lord barefoot in a, a burning bush on, on another famous mountain, not Mount Tabor, but Mount Horeb. Right, and he's, he's asked to fulfill this, this great historic and unprecedented mission, this great vocation to go to, back to Egypt where he's, he's fled from and, and to, to lead them out of captivity and by the end of the book of, Je- of Exodus, not only has he accomplished that, not only has he led Israel out of Egypt th- through the power of God working through him. But he's also delivered the Ten Commandments and the law, those, the, those, those, those guidelines that uh, resonate with the heart of Israel and remind them constantly of, about how to stay on track in that right relationship with the Lord. And more so than just that, too, he has become, by the end of that that book, the the model of contemplative prayer because he's constantly um, playing the intercessor between God and and the people. He's the one that goes into the meeting tent, as as we hear over and over again, um, outside the camp, wherever they're camped um, um, within the desert itself. And uh, he goes into that tent to, 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 to pray in front of the Holy of Holies and this cloud comes and descends upon the tent. And then all the people go out outside their own little tents just to, to watch him or, or to wait until that, 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 that cloud uh, arises once again. And he comes out and, and the first couple of times he comes out, they, they, they see his face and he's just radiating. He's just radiating holiness to the point that it scares a number of them so that he eventually has to, to place a veil over his face because it's it's just too uh, distracting, I guess, is one way to put it. But as as great as, as Moses is portrayed within sacred scripture as and, and as great as, as he is within his own holiness towards the end of his own life, Right, there's some very humble moments <laughs> within his own life. There's there's moments of littleness, a littleness that that begins within his own infancy. Right, as you might recall uh, uh, f- from uh, uh, Bible camp over the summer. You know, I think everybody studied the life of Moses at some point. Right, and the story about how with uh, uh, Joseph dying and, and, and the, the Pharaoh that that Joseph worked under. Right. The Israelites multiply, but the new Pharaoh comes into town and the Israelites fall out of out of favor of, of Pharaoh. And, and so he uh, doesn't like the fact that they've been multiplying so much so that that he um, uh, decides that um, each of the, of the male children should be killed. And so his his mother, knowing full well this after a couple months, puts him in, in a basket um, and, and has him floating down the, the River Nile and um, um, it's 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 in that moment that uh, um, a daughter of, of Pharaoh itself finds the basket and takes Moses into his own home and he's he's raised in, in the in the home of, of Pharaoh um, but later within his life as he's grow, grows up and he's very cognizant of the fact that uh, Israel is, is still his people um, he sees a Egyptian one day uh, strike one of the the, the Hebrews and um, he prompts him to, to kill this Egyptian, and, and Pharaoh finds out, and so he, he flees Egypt, and, uh, which really kind of brings us, and gives us a little bit more of the context of that first reading today, because um, he's, he's fled Egypt, because he knows Pharaoh wants to kill him, but he has no intention of going back, and the longer he's away, the more he forgets the Lord, the God of his father's the more um, he, he meddles with uh, other religions as we hear about this priest of Midian, right? He marries one of uh, the priest of Midian's daughters, Zipporah, And uh, it's not that he doesn't have little moments of, of goodness, but it, he, it comes to the point where we, we see today within that first reading again uh, from Exodus chapter 3 that um, um, he doesn't even recognize that Mount Horb is, is a holy place, Right. the lord has to tell him has to get him to acknowledge that it's a holy place and he has him remove his his sandals there and he sees this uh, amazing vision this 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 burning bush and uh, a burning bush that is burning but not consumed right it's 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 still alive and uh, um it's it's through this bush that the lord ultimately speaks to him and um gives him this this great vocation and yet even amidst this, though, we see again his littleness. We see his own sinfulness. We see his unwillingness to, to really enter into a deeper relationship with the Lord and, and to do what the Lord wants. And uh, so unfamiliar is he with the Lord that there's this little phrase in tonight's first reading that really, uh, I think, sums it up. Right? It says this, Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. Why was he afraid to look at God? Why was he hiding his face? Again, right, he, had, he had run out of, out of Egypt. He was fleeing the Lord. Um, he didn't want to address the, the issues and, and the troubles there. He didn't want to be brought back into his extended family drama. Um, but there's the other reality, too, as is, is I just mentioned, right, that he had grown distant from the Lord himself. He was unfamiliar with him. He didn't, he didn't really have a relationship with him. Right? And we see this as as he asks, "What is your name?" If I'm going to go and, and going to go and try to lead these people out of Israel, what is your name? I don't even know what your name is, right? And so that's when what prompts the Lord to uh, to give him his name. But there are other excuses too that he makes. Who am I that you would send me? He he says, "I'm just Moses. I'm just here out here taking care of of, of the flocks of, of, of my, uh, my father-in-law." I don't want to get back in, into the game, so to speak. And if that were not enough, um, then he begins to, to tell the Lord other things that we hear about within the subsequent chapter. He says, uh, they will not believe me. The Israelites will not believe me or listen to my voice. They will doubt that you even appear to me. And so I can't go and do that. The Lord keeps on telling him, yes, it is to be you. And then he comes up with another lame excuse. He says, I'm not eloquent. I'm slow of speech and of tongue. The Lord says, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. And that's what really prompts uh, Moses to, to, uh, to push back one more time. And it really takes the Lord off. It really makes him angry. He says, Lord, I, I pray that you would send somebody else. <laughs> and uh, the Lord gets hot. And, and that's when he, he, he reminds them that, that he has a brother named Aaron and that his brother Aaron will speak when he doesn't feel adequate, but that he needs to continue to be that great intermediary between God and the people Israel. Brothers and sisters, within Moses, there's an unwillingness to commit. And the reality is is that that's been a big part of, I think, each one of our own stories. I know for, for, for me, for a fact that that's been oftentimes a part of my story, even just within my vocation to the priesthood, as I was discerning it. Uh, but even with the different assignments that I've been given from time to time, there's been those, those times where are just like, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know if, if that's really what what what, you're, uh, uh, what the Lord wants from me, and then the bishop is oftentimes reminding me, no, that's what, <laughs> well, I'm speaking on behalf of the Lord, and uh, that's exactly what he wants you to do right now, <laughs> because I'm telling you to do so. And, uh, um, but we each have, and I think, have those moments, and the difficulty I think that, 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 that we oftentimes face is, again, to go back to that, just one little line uh, that, that really describes Moses' problem. He hid his face. He hid his face. He was un, un, unwilling to look into the face of God, right? right? And that's what prayer ultimately is, to look into the face of God, right? whether you're in Eucharistic adoration, whether you're here, whether you're, you're praying within your own room. Right? There's, there's, there's better venues for prayer, and to pray in front of the Blessed Sacrament is, is, is a very powerful uh, uh, opportunity that, that each one of us can have. But if we don't look in the face and face of God, uh, how, are we to, how are we to know His will? Right? We can't really ultimately hear the Lord when we have our back turned to Him or when we're unwilling to, to face Him. I'm going to tell you one of the greatest obstacles, I think, that, that uh, your generation, but even, I'll tell you what, it's, it's not just your generation. I think it's, it's grown-ups too, and I'd say I'm guilty of it from time to time, that uh, prevents us from being face-to-face with the Lord is this, this right here, right? right. You know what I'm talking about, right? You know, we, we used to say that, uh, um, you know, to uh, pick up the telephone to answer a phone call, particularly during dinner and stuff, um, it, it would, would be, uh, you know, I have to apologize or, you know, just continue to go on and stuff and uh, um, you know, but t- today, you know people don't even do that, right you, you, can, you can be sitting down, you know at, at the dinner table or you can be going out and having coffee with them and then they're just like glued to the, their computer or to their cell phone and they're just like constantly looking at it, right and again, I've been guilty of it too, right, I'm not here to, to just point a finger and stuff, but That's a great obstacle. It's a huge obstacle, not only to a life of prayer, but um, (laughs) I'm reading a a fascinating book right now. It's called I Generation." It's it's referring uh, to to your generation itself. And uh, um, there's many good things about your generation that are that are talked about in here. But the one glaring one is the chapter on mental health. And the number one issue that they they find in study after study right now with with issues of mental health are linked back to this by people who who spend multiple hours on this each day, who 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 base their own self image on on this and what people like or don't like, whether they respond uh, to to their messages right away and immediately or not. Right? Instead of, again, looking towards the Lord or, or trying to be in a face-to-face relationship with somebody else. Right? And, and it's, 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 it's tragic. It's tragic because mental health issues have skyrocketed. They've, they've linked it. They don't know if it's necessarily you know, uh, the, 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 the immediate cause or if, if it's because you know, some people don't have friends. And so they, they try to make friends on this. But it, it's coming back to the cell phone. So if you can't be in a real relationship with somebody, if you can't just go out and, and, and put this down and, and just say, hey, this is not important right now within the moment, you um, you just you 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 you're throwing um, you're putting too much time and effort into the wrong thing, right? And uh, it's 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 destructive. It's destructive. Suicide rates. Um, among your generation have skyrocketed, right? Uh, between 2015, since the time from, from 2010 to 2015, uh, suicide rates between 15 to 19-year-olds has, 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 has uh, risen 50%. Among 12 to 14-year-olds, it's risen 250%. Right? Again, why? Because the 12 to 14-year-olds <laughs> uh, uh, have been glued to this. They, they were raised upon this. These things are powerful. They, they, they offer many great opportunities for us to be connected with each other, but again, it's not a face-to-face encounter, and that's exactly what Moses needed to get him back on track. He needed to realize. He needed to realize that that burning bush that he was looking at was the exact same thing that the Lord wanted him to become. He wanted the Lord wanted him to become a burning bush that ultimately. Um, uh, um, to, to, to quote from the, uh, the youth catechism here, I just found a, a beautiful passage today about sanctity it, itself that I think sums this up. Saints are people who are aflame with the Holy Spirit. They keep God's fire burning in a church. And even during their earthly life, the saints prayed ardently in a way that was contagious. And when we are close to them, it's easy to pray. God willing, you've had that experience. And God willing, if not, that you'll have it in a short time. But that's what the Lord wants us. He wants us to be that burning bush in the desert that's not consumed, but it's on fire with the faith. And he wants us to to set the world on fire as he talks about within Luke's gospel itself. But that comes from a face-to-face encounter with the Lord. That's why Moses glowed so much. That's why Moses had to put on a veil because the other people weren't ready for that in the moment. May we set ourselves on fire this week. May we stop making the excuses and may we commit to him in a new and radical way within this Lenten season.